Today I want to talk about stepping into a new season and how to do that with God and what I believe to be is God's heart for change. I'm going to open up just by praying for us and just jump right in. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for this time you've appointed. And I just ask today, God, that you would speak for every ear that's listening. I ask that you would just reveal yourself and your heart to them. In Jesus' name. So background to what change um, looks like for us and really what our last 12 months has looked like. In the last year, we um, listed and sold what was our dream house in Alabama. And then uh, we welcomed our fifth baby in January. Eleven weeks after that, we adopted our sixth baby. And shortly after that, we... um, made a big move from Alabama, 3,000 miles away, to California. And my husband resigned from his job with a stable income so that we could pursue the dream of ministry. Um, And then once we got here, we renovated a house and have been settling in. So it has been uh, transition after transition and a lot of change. And I've learned that God is constant, but that we can always expect change. Um, And so I've just spent time with him, just really asking him what he wanted this change to look like, because we said yes to him, but I wanted uh, to know where he was saying yes and in the ways that he was moving and what he was wanting to give us and the ways he was wanting to shape us in this time. Um, So my heart today would just be to share with you um, what I've learned in this process with the Lord, what I'm still learning in this process with the Lord. and hopefully just encourage you if you find yourself stepping into a new season. I'm going to read today out of Hebrews, Hebrews 10, 35. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And then skip down to verse 39. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. I think there's an opportunity in a new season or when you've experienced change where it feels like the world is telling you to shrink back and you feel unsure of this new place and this new season. But God is asking us to be those who do not shrink back, but those who believe and those who do believe. And there's this opportunity to partner with God and to really grow and to fully step into this new season. Um, When we got here, I remember just feeling so overwhelmed with a new climate. There was a new culture and just really praying and coming before the Lord and saying, what does this all need to look like? And I remember him saying to me, if you'll let me, this will be an identity revelation. This is not an identity crisis. And that afternoon I was cleaning up the kitchen and I, I looked down and I saw my husband's Alabama license sitting out on the countertop. And it was this beautiful illustration. His license was set to expire, and I knew that he was going to get a new license in California. And I just looked at it, and I thought, it's the same person, but he needs new information for this new territory. Sometimes I believe that it's the same with us if we've stepped into a new season, that we need to ask the Holy Spirit what needs to be updated so that we have authority in this new territory. What from the last season applies and what needs to change Sometimes we need updates so that we have access to the new place that we find ourselves in. And I believe that God wants to give us updates and upgrades for the new season. 
He's always inviting us into more and into an identity revelation of who we are and who he is. God's heart for change is to keep us moving forward into the fullness of who he created us to be and into intimacy with him. So today, if you find yourself in a new season, I'd love to just tell you that you're doing great. (laughs) Just being there is great. Just saying yes to the Lord is great. Everything in the last season was important. It all builds. But there's times when we transition into the next season and we bring it all with us. And then there's other times where we're in a new season and where everything that we've learned in the previous season, everything we've fought for, has now taken root and it's time to start building upon that and start fresh. But if everything's changing, then grace is changing. And you have to be open to what that looks like to begin to ask yourself and to partner with the Holy Spirit and ask, where is there grace in this season? Because God's heart is still for you to have margin, to stay in his rest, to be full of peace. There's grace for the season that you're in. It's called the present because it's a gift and it won't look like the last season because it's new. So I'm still in process and still very much in transition. A lot of details are still being worked out. And I thought about saying, I'll report back when I'm out of process. And then I just laughed because I believe we're always in process with God. And I know that process produces fruit and the intimacy with him leads through breakthrough. Every encounter with God is fruitful. So I know that today that the Lord, that the Prince of Peace wants to encounter you and to bring fruit into your season. He views every step as progress. So today I want to talk about five keys to transition or to change and how to, like like that verse in Hebrews, not shrink back, but be of those who believe and are saved and find ourselves victorious in our new season. The first key would be to value your emotions. I remember after I had my fifth baby, um, one of my best friends said to me, you need to learn to treat your emotions like they're not a fire drill. And what she meant by that is, you know, in a fire drill, You're walking through the motions, but you know you're not putting value on it because you know it's just a drill. It's not real. You don't really have to hurry out. You don't really have to follow all of the precautions. Well, when we treat our emotions like a drill and we just say, well, we're just emotional because of this or because of this, but this isn't real, we're not putting value where God puts value. God puts value on our emotions. He gave them to us, and they're important. So I just encourage you to treat your emotions like they're not a drill. Not to dismiss them, but to give space to them and to honor your emotions. Even if you seem to get upset about random things, we have a saying in our house, we say, the issue isn't the issue, but your heart always needs to come to the surface because your heart is always the issue. Sometimes you just need to let it all out and see what's there. There's no time frame on what processing change looks like. I've found that some people process change ahead of time. Some people process change right when they get there, and some people, it's a delayed process where months later you realize how much has changed, and you need to process through that. A lot of times transition involves grief of letting go of the last season. It can also involve more hope and excitement than you even know how to contain. Sometimes I think it's so much to process grief alongside hope and excitement. That's why you just have to let all of your emotions come out before the Lord, and to really give them to him as a gift. It's all real, and it's a gift to yourself to feel them, to keep your heart open and to stay connected to your heart, to not shut down. 
when I start to feel super emotional, I just start reading through the Psalms and I see how David did it. I think David may be the most emotional person in the Bible, and sometimes I can really relate with him. But what I see is I see David giving God his emotions as a gift and as worship. We have an opportunity in transition or in change to give God our fears, our hopes, our heaviness, all of our emotions, our disappointment. Maybe you're in a new season and it just doesn't feel like you thought it was going to feel. God wants you to share that emotion with him, to share that disappointment with him. He always has something to say about that. David put his heart and his emotions burning before God like incense as true worship. Being vulnerable in this way was his worship, and we get to do the same thing. God can handle all of your emotions. I love to see how David just lays it all out there. He exposes it to God, and then an exchange happens. He's passionate and he's bold, but he doesn't lose hope. He goes all in, and then the Father, you start to see how the Father speaks to his heart and ministers to him, and his posture is shifted where he begins to thank the Lord. And his posture is shifted to one who is loved. When we go through change, we get to stand in the unknown and stay connected to our heart to feel all of the feelings. And we can give to him honestly and freely. When we do that, I have this picture of us giving to him what we were never meant to carry. That we get to lay down the the heavy burden. And then we have these surrendered arms. You know, surrendered arms are lighter and they're postured in trust to be scooped up. Our response to his love is trust in the unknown. We lay down us and we lay down what we weren't meant to carry, all of the emotions that can feel heavy and overwhelming, and we get to be picked up in him. His plans for you are good. It says in Jeremiah that his plans for you are good and to prosper you. So if the way you're feeling is not good, it means it's not the end. I've heard Bill Johnson say, don't ever go into a moment with the Lord and leave the same. If you need to go into that place with the Lord and share with him all of your emotions, like David. David showed anger. David showed grief. David showed just wild passion. And he put it all before the Lord and said, this is my offering. This is my gift of giving you all of me. Here's my heart exposed before you, God. Who are you to me? And then he began to thank the Lord. And something happened where this was the exchange where God could give him joy. God could give him peace. God could come and be close to him. I think with our emotions, there's so much going on when when things are changing. I like to think about it like this big scoop of ice cream. And in change, don't take on those extra toppings. And the extra toppings in that, I actually love ice cream, so this is probably a bad illustration, but let's just go with it. Don't take on the toppings. Don't take on the extras. And the extras in this case would be like shame and guilt. Thinking, I shouldn't be feeling this. An example of that might be when you've had a new baby and you think, I should be feeling so thankful. Or you're in, you're finally married after waiting all these years and you think, I should feel so happy that I finally have all this together. Maybe you're in your dream job and then you show up and you find out that you still have to work hard and you think, I should be thankful other people would want this job. You know, really what's happening there when you're saying, I should be feeling this, is you're not listening to how you really feel. You're beginning to listen to shame. And sometimes you just need to stop and say, shame, I'm not going to listen to you. And ask yourself how you really feel. I remember when I had my first baby, I suffered from 
postpartum depression and shame just came on me like a heavy cloak. And every day I thought to myself, I should be happy. I should be feeling happy. I should be happy. And I could never really get to the bottom of how I really did feel. And one day God just said, lay down the shame and ask yourself how you really feel. And what came to the surface is to say, I actually do feel really thankful. Thank you for this baby. But I feel really sad and I need to talk to someone about that. And I need to talk to you about that. What happened was my heart was able to come to the surface. I had to put down shame, put down that extra that was piling upon because feeling disappointed and then thinking you should be feeling thankful just adds shame on top of what you're already feeling and you're not able to expose how you really feel. And shame will always tell you to hide because shame will say, you should be doing this better and you deserve to be alone with your emotions. It tries to keep you from exposing how you really feel. Another extra or topping is fear. Fear comes in and it says things like, you don't need to share that. You don't even need to allow yourself to feel that because it might be too scary. But the truth is that vulnerability brings breakthrough. And sometimes you need to tell shame or fear to leave and ask yourself how you really feel. Get real before the Lord. Be honest with yourself and be honest with God. Remember how David did it and give God the gift of your emotions. Give him that intimacy. It's what you were created for. And I just want to say to you today that how you feel is not who you are. You might feel disappointed. You might feel stressed, but you are not disappointed. You are a child of God. How you feel is not who you are. It's not attached to your identity. And it won't always be like this. It's really healthy to process and sometimes just to cry. You know, the key to not holding it all in, to not masking all these emotions, to not dismissing your emotions, the real key to holding it all in is letting it all out. <laughs> and once you let it all out, learn to make these exchanges, to go into a time with the Lord where you can tell him how you really feel and give yourself the gift of staying there until he makes an exchange, until he gives you his joy, until he gives you his peace. You have freedom to feel how you feel and change. And you need to process the way that you need to process. I believe there's freedom to feel how you feel, but because of Jesus, there's liberty to be given and to choose joy. But there's new mercies for you every day. It was your faith that took you into this new season, but what will sustain you here is your joy. The joy of the Lord truly is your strength. Laughter, you know, is actually like medicine to us. I looked up some medical information about laughing when we first moved here just because it was just hard in the transition. And I told my husband, I just think we need to laugh. I read that laughing reduces stress hormone levels. It improves your cardiac health. It lowers blood pressure. It boosts your immune system and your T-cells. Laughter has also been shown to increase your memory, intelligence, and creativity. So just laugh. I think sometimes because it says it in the Bible that the joy of the Lord is our strength, we take that so seriously. I think we can get serious about finding joy, but I think sometimes it means to just laugh. Sometimes it's as simple as watching a movie. You know, having joy and laughing and enjoying yourself, enjoying God, enjoying good gifts from Him is staying connected to your heart in the same way that processing grief is staying connected to your heart. They're both important. You've got to process to get to that point where God can minister to you 
And then you've got to let the Lord strengthen you in joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength and it will sustain you. I just encourage you to create space to do things for yourself, to begin to laugh again, and to know that self-care is the best care. The second key to transition that I found is the importance of having your people, to find your people, and to have them rally around you. We were created for a relationship. I think when you change in your new season, what you really need is to learn how to be courageous. Like in Hebrews, to be one who does not shrink back, but to have courage. The word courageous is defined in the dictionary, and it says, not deterred by danger or pain, brave, lion-hearted, unshrinking, or bold. The enemy's plan would be for you to shrink away, but you have to be you and to bring your full portion. God brought you into the season because he actually needs you here. I'm going to read that Hebrews verse again. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that you will gain what he has promised. And we are not of those who shrink back, but are those who believe and are saved. So how are we courageous? Olivia Shute defines courage as courage is forward motion and that it comes from obedience to God. So I remember telling God, In this new season, I want to be courageous. I don't want to shrink back. I want to keep moving. I want to stay in step with you. And I want to be the fullness of who you've called me to be. And you know what he said to me? He said, then surround yourself with those who keep you in courage. I love (laughs) God will give me these. I think he's really punny sometimes. He gives me these plays on words. So if I want to stay in courage, then I need encouragers around me. Those who will speak truth to me. And I encourage you to find people to keep you encouraged, to keep you in motion, to keep you moving forward, to remind you of who you are. The word encourage means to inspire with spirit or confidence, to stimulate by approval, to advance. You need people who agree with what God says about you, that you're fully approved, accepted, equipped. People who will remind you of who you are and what God has spoken over your life. Chris Fallatin takes the word accountability, and he says it means accounting for your ability. So having people who hold you accountable remind you what you're really built for, what you're able to do, what God's put inside you, what makes you come alive. People who will sing your song when you forget your lyrics. In a new season or when you're transitioning or when you feel discouraged, it's so good to share with others what God has spoken so that they can remind you when you need the faith. And in the moment, share with God's what, share with others what God is speaking so that they can remind you later when you need the faith. An example of that would be sometimes when I'm hearing God speak to me and he tells me really amazing, bold things that I'm going to share or that I'm going to get to do, I take that boldness and I share immediately with my two best friends and I tell them, this is what God said because I know that later I may think, I don't know if I have the courage for that, but I want to stay in motion to go towards what he said so they can remind you, remember when God said this. Remember that this is who he said you are. Keep people around you who will keep you encouraged, who will keep you moving. It's easy to get stuck and to want to shrink back in a new season, but let's call people around us. Let's rally. Let's get these people to come and encourage us. 
I just encourage you to be vulnerable, to say, hey, I need some encouragement. I need some help. Would you keep me moving forward? Would you remind me of the truth and speak it over my life? The third key is to be gentle with yourself, to give yourself grace. You haven't done this before, and it won't always be like this. You know, just because a new season that there's resistance or just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not where you're supposed to be. If God's called you to this place, he's going to equip you. But change feels funny. You haven't been here before, but God has. It says in Deuteronomy, he goes before you. He will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. It's really a beautiful gift and an art to learn to be gentle with yourself. Even if you're in a new season and everything's changed, your needs are still your needs. Even if your needs changed, the fact that you have needs is still the truth. You have to take time to recharge. For me, when I first got here, um, I really went after making new friends. And I'm an introvert, and I forgot that for a minute. And I went all into meeting all of these people, and I overdid it. And the Lord had to pull me back and say, You have to still stay connected to your heart to give yourself space to recharge and to stay in rest and let me bring the people to you. Whereas my husband is an extrovert and he needed to get out more. And as we wanted to let kids transition well, he needed to get out and meet people and talk and visit. His needs were still his needs and my needs were still my needs. And we had to learn in that new season and we're still learning to be gentle with ourselves. Everything might look different and feel different, but when we're connected to our heart, we're connected to the heart of the Father. I think a huge part in what I've been learning, a huge part of being gentle to ourselves is in the words that we speak. When The words that we speak create the world around us. What we speak is what we can begin to experience. Bill Johnson says, you can't afford to have a thought about yourself that God doesn't have about you. In Colossians, it says, let your speech be grace. And in Proverbs, life is in the power of the tongue. God taught me this um, this new tool that I've been working on this last season. And it's been life-changing for me. And that is in my, my self-talk. He woke me up one morning and he said, I want you to begin to talk to yourself like you'd talk to your best friend if she were going through this same transition that you are. You know, we can have our encouragers speaking life into us. But a lot of times, the voice we hear the most is the voice we speak to ourselves, our thoughts and our inner dialogue. A lot of times we have victory in our actions and in our words, or even what we will receive about ourselves. But we need transformation in our thinking and in our self-talk, this inner dialogue of how we're judging ourselves throughout the day and how we're assessing the words that we're speaking over ourselves. Um, So that morning I woke up and the Lord said, Begin to talk to yourself in your mind and even out loud how you would talk to your best friend if she were going through the same transition. So what I had been doing is I was waking up and I was minute by minute just measuring how behind I already was. There was so much to do and I was really beating myself up. And so I woke up that morning and just by the prompting of the Lord and I just began to think thoughts about myself that he would be thinking. And I thought to myself, At first, I had to actually say it out loud. Now I can really steward it more in my thoughts. But sometimes your self-talk needs to be out loud. Sometimes it needs to be just the way you're thinking about yourself. And what I did is I said, you're a great mom. I see you. You're up when it's dark and you're preparing for your family and stewarding peace so well. 
Good job loving them and loving yourself. You're doing amazing. There's so much to do today, but you've got this. And the verse John 6, 63 came to mind. It says, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. It actually produces life and hope when you are gentle with your self-talk. And a shift happens where you actually start to hear God agreeing with your thoughts because he's fully pleased with you. He wants to speak life and hope into your every situation. But sometimes our thoughts about ourselves, like you're not doing good enough, you should be doing better, all of those things begin to partner with shame instead of partnering with the king of hope and the king of glory. And you'll start to believe what either voice says. So I just encourage you to let your mind be transformed and to start this practice of positive self-talk. When you get overwhelmed, go back to, to where you may have laid down your peace. Change your perspective and up your self-talk. Self-talk that speaks life and truth is not being self-conscious. It's actually awakening to how God thinks of you, and it's being God-conscious. It will bring life and hope to sustain you. It will strengthen you in joy in this season. It's being more aware of how He feels and what He's saying than a lie you're empowering by thinking these bad thoughts about yourself. I think with the self-talk, it's important to see yourself to, because transition and change can be isolating. When you see yourself, it partners with empathy and it partners that God is already seeing you and that he is with you. Destructive self-talk isolates you and it partners with shame. It tells you you deserve to be alone in your thoughts. Powerful self-talk awakens identity and empathy with yourself. It may look like thinking or saying to yourself, of course you're tired, you're doing so much, or of course you're discouraged, I see you. When you learn to empathize with yourself, you release a revelation of grace, of a reality that you're not alone, and you can open yourself up to hear God's voice of already empathizing with you. His words to you are spirit and life. He sees you. But when, you ha when your self-talk is isolating you and telling you that you're not good enough, it's hard to believe the truth that God sees you. So I just encourage you to speak over yourself and to have the inner dialogue of self-talk to say, I empathize with you. You're doing a good job. So much has changed, but you're doing a good job. You're stepping into it. You're a good mom. You're a good husband. You're a good daughter, whatever it is, to do this and see what happens to speak life and hope into yourself. The fourth key is thankfulness. Thankfulness sometimes is just obedience and worship, to look from our circumstances, to look away from how we feel or what's happening, and to look at who He is. It's a gift to Him, it's our offering, but I believe it ends up being a gift to us because it takes us to a new place in our hearts. Thankfulness is the key to letting faith rise up in a new season or in uncertainty. Thankfulness is remembering your track record with God, who he's been to you, who you know him to be, remembering the consistency of God when everything else is changing will center you and refocus you and enable you to step into the grace of who he is. Ask yourself what he might be doing and begin to thank him that he's answering the request of your heart. That will let hope and faith rise up. Remind yourself who he has been by thanking him and remind yourself who he is by intentionally seeing his provision, protection, and love around you 
One thing we've done in this transition is to begin to share at the dinner table, share testimonies of ways we've experienced God's provision and love and just intentionally speak out the little things because they're becoming the big things. To speak out how we're experiencing His provision. To remind ourselves because our circumstances may look different than we think. But when we intentionally speak out and remember His provision, we begin to experience more of it because we're experiencing more of Him. When you're praying for something and then you begin to experience it, go ahead and thank Him for the fullness because you can thank Him that His plans are good for you. Thankfulness and uncertainty will keep our fear at bay because it releases the spoken hope over what's coming. Thankfulness is the birthplace of renewed hope and seen promise. It reminds you of how good He is and it gets your expectations up. Thankfulness is an invitation to partner with God to give him the gift of worship, to thank him for who he is, and to allow him to lift our perspective up to what his perspective is. You know, I think one thing that I've really learned and the Lord has really spoken boldly to me that I feel like is for some of you that are listening. If you find yourself in a new season and you're struggling with thankfulness, I feel like what the Lord is saying is that he's not waiting to give you what you've asked for. He's not withholding it. It's outside of his love for you to withhold, and he doesn't operate outside of his love for you. You're in a new season, so he knows you need new. What I believe is happening is that he's wanting to give authority and promotion that is a long-term upgrade. He's not withholding something. He's trying to release you into something new. If you find yourself today, you're listening to this, and you're in a new season, and God's not answering your prayers the way you think, it's because, I believe, it's because he's wanting to give you something even bigger and wanting to give you this long-term upgrade. He wants to give promotions and authority so that you can rule and reign in this season. He wants to make you secure in his provision before you see all of it in the natural because that gives you authority in provision and in wealth. If you're secure in identity before you get a position, or before you feel known, you get a foundation that can't be shaken. If you're secure in identity before you get a position, then you gain authority and position in the kingdom. If you're secure in covenant before you see your natural community, you get authority in relationship. I believe God is looking for you to be secure in the spiritual before you see it in the natural because he wants to give you authority. He wants you to have this faith building this great gift of promotion. He's taking you to a new place. An example um, in our life of when this happened is when we had our twin boys. Everyone told us, so many people were telling us it was going to be chaos. But we chose to just invite and expect peace. I learned to steward peace in that season. And what I realized is that I began to thank him for peace even when I didn't feel peaceful. When it felt chaotic, and when the world told me it was chaotic. And now I look back and I realized I gained authority and peace because when I was in a situation, when I was asking for peace, asking for peace, what I began to do is I began to thank him and receive peace in my spirit so that I could release it into the natural. And what happened was I began to expect peace. I learned to steward peace, and now I've gained authority and peace, so much so that when we were adopting our next child, I began to pray for twins. 
because God had taught me so much through that. This isn't because I'm this superstar mom. It's because God's good. And I wanted to value what he was wanting to give me in that season. He was wanting to give me peace when the world told me it should have been chaotic. In this new season of more children, he wanted to give me the present of peace. And I believe if you find yourself in a new season, that you can value what God's wanting to give you over what you believe you're capable of. For me, I got authority and peace of having more children because I valued the gift that God wanted to give me and I remained open to that over what I believed I was capable of. I didn't believe I was capable of stewarding peace with so many children, but I received the gift from God. And when we are in the place of having to believe Him over what we can reason in our mind, then we begin to walk in breakthrough and in faith. We always want to, and I always want to, value what He's saying over what the world is saying. In Hebrews 11, it says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commanded for, or commended for, excuse me. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what was seen was not made out of what was visible. In a new season that has uncertainty, we get the opportunity to thank Him for who He is more than what we see with our natural eyes sometimes. In Hebrews, in this verse, it goes on to tell the heroes of the faith. And I believe this is one thing they did really well and that we are invited into, is that they were more focused on who God was than what was or was not happening in their circumstance. In your new season, I encourage you to allow God to give you long-term upgrades by seeing who He is, asking Him what's available, pressing in to say, God, what are you wanting to give me in this season? What do you want me to gain to have authority in this new place? Maybe you're going after healing. I want you to remember that you can always look at who He is and not just what you need. He doesn't just heal. He is healing. He doesn't just love. He is love. He doesn't just provide. He is provision. Thankfulness truly does change the atmosphere of our hearts and posture us for breakthrough. So when we can thank Him for what He's doing and allow Him to give us the gift, we'll get these long-term upgrades and promotion in the new season that we're in. The fifth key is to keep dreaming. Hope produces hope. I think sometimes we can wonder, how do we dream again from one season to the next, especially when it feels different than we thought? I think this is taking thankfulness to a new level. In this place of the unknown, it's speaking hope of what God might be doing. To remember prophetic promises, to line them up and speak them alongside what God might be doing, to partner them with your dreams, and to refuse hopelessness. One thing we've done is we've taken prophecies and promises and we've taken those and things that haven't come to fulfillment yet and we've started dreaming of what might be happening and started thanking Him for what He's doing. God's given me this phrase and it is to say, what if God is? And then just start dreaming about what He might be doing. For example, maybe you're in a new season and you're trying to build community. What if God is connecting me to the people that he's promised. What if God is providing financially for me in the ways that I couldn't even dream to ask for? Whatever it is that you've asked him for, whatever it is, these prophetic promises that you have, these promises from God that he's going to sustain you, that he's going to build you up, that he's going to teach you, 
then when you begin to experience something, or even when you don't in the in the void, begin to say, what if God is posturing me for breakthrough? What if God is teaching me to rest? What if God is teaching me patience? Whatever it is, when you start to do this, what can happen is God can bring to mind the things that he has told you will come to pass, and you can begin to dream again about what he's doing. What I do in my journal is I make these three columns. I hope this will make sense to you, and I hope that this is a tool that will help you. In the first column, I'll write out testimonies, things that God has done, who I know He him to be. They're my own testimonies. They're testimonies of others that have encouraged me. It says in Psalms that testimonies are to comfort us and to minister to us, to remind us of the consistent ways that God is good. In the middle column, I leave this blank. This is my place to dream. And then I go over to the third column and I write out my prophetic words, the promises that God has given me. I remember who he said he will be and what he's told me is going to happen. I remember dreams and then I come back to the middle and I look at who God has been and I look at who God has told me he will be. And in the middle column, I start dreaming about what he might be doing. I remember who he's been. I remember who he said he's going to be. And I let him breathe life on my current situation, on the current season that I'm in. And that is the place I begin to dream. I start saying, what if God is healing? And then I can look over and I remember when he healed someone. And it builds my faith to believe. And I remember the promise that he said, I will heal him. And I remember I can look back and I can say, I remember, God, when you were faithful to bring people alongside me to walk me in that season. And I look over to my third column and I say, there's a prophetic word over my life that you're going to connect me with amazing people who are going to come alongside me and help me raise children well in the kingdom of God. So I go back to the middle and I say, God, what if you're preparing other mothers to come alongside me to encourage me? What's my part in that? Thank you, God, that this is what you're doing. And I start dreaming again. So we take our dreams and we keep our hope alive, take our promise, our prophecies and our promises, start dreaming of what God might be doing. It's powerful. It keeps us alive. We stay alive when we keep dreaming, when we partner with God, when we remember who he has been, who he always is and who he will be. So just to go back through these five keys to transition or to change, value your emotions. Number two, find your people and ask people to rally around you to keep you encouraged. Number three, be gentle with yourself and up your self-talk. Think good thoughts about yourself. Think about yourself the way that God thinks about yourself. Allow God to, to speak life and hope into your situation. Number four, stay thankful, to stay in thankfulness. And number five, to keep dreaming. I would love to just pray for you today that those five things, I pray that they would be help to you, that they would be wisdom to you, that they would bring life and hope into your situation. God, I just ask that you would reveal to them what their emotions are, that you would give them the strength to let their hearts come to the surface, that you would minister to them, that you would receive their emotions as a gift, and that you would give them your peace and your joy, that you would give them your joy to sustain them. God, I ask that you would reveal to them who their people are, that you would bring people alongside them to keep them encouraged, to keep them moving towards you.
God, I ask that you would teach them to be gentle with themselves, to begin to hear your voice speaking over them and to agree with that voice. God, I thank you that you meet us in our thankfulness. I ask God that you would give them the faith to keep dreaming, that you would bring to mind right now, I feel like some of you, that there has been slumber in your dreaming, and I just call forth in the name of Jesus the prophetic words and the dreams that you've had even as a child to come back to you, that you would be reminded of the words that God wants you to remember, the prophetic words for this season, for such a time as this, that you would remember the things that God has told you that will come to pass. I release you today to be fully yourself, to step into everything that God has to you in this new season, to be upgraded in authority, that you would rule and reign in peace and joy in the season. I bless you today in Jesus' name. 